0: Hey fans, we all love some good music. A variety of music. What if we could bring Chris Will Studios to you 24 7? That's a long work schedule. Maybe, but you know, we just might have it. The best variety of music for multiple decades live on your phone 24 7 with our Gay Orlando Live Online Radio Station. Better known as Go Live.
1: Download the TuneIn app and search for Go Live or go to chrisandwill.com for more info.
0: So, tune, tune in. in.
2: worldwide, (laughs) feel the hits, go live.
0: Hey, gang, we need your help. We want to be on the best podcast list. Our success is all because of you. You make us stronger, so let's make it even stronger.
1: All you have to do is vote and vote for us. Our dear friend, Rob Actis, is going to tell you how. Take it away,
0: Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris and Will are amazing, and we want everybody to hear their podcast. So I invite you to go to podcastmagazine.com slash hot 50 and vote for
1: Chris and Will. Do it on a daily basis, and let's get them at the top 50 podcast magazine charts and get them on the Hot 50 countdown.
2: Hey, what's this?
1: What about our life?
3: Is it that bad? No. What about our life with Chris
0: and Will? Oh, the show that gets you talking. Yeah. And these two haven't stopped talking for three seasons. <laughs> so what did one plate say to the other plate? Who knows what? Dinner is on me. <laughs> okay,
2: buddy. I- we clean?
0: Welcome back to another time well spent with Chris and Will. Hi! Yay! It's another <laughs> great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. How are you guys? Amazing. How have you guys been handling the new year so far? Busy. It's been busy. Yeah, yes. For it's us, a good it's, thing. Yeah, it's been a good thing. It's been busy. Um, you know, but one thing I have to bring up. Hmm. We haven't yet got to announce that um, Willie here has officially changed his last name to my last name. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Of course, you know, last year we did do a uh, legal ceremony. Uh We will do the wedding, of course, this year, hoping that everything goes right so we can do it. And part of that process is, of course, figuring out how you're going to do the last names and, um, you know, so uh, Willie has decided to change it to my last name, yes. which we had a conversation about. But, you know, before I ask this, I've, I've got to point this out. You know, mm-hmm. gay rights has definitely come a long way. And, you know, we just want to be able to protect each other and have the ability to make a decision for each other without anyone getting in the way. I agree. Truly, that's what it is. It's not about taking stuff away from others. It's about having the right to be who you are and stay that way and love that way. Mm -hmm. Truly, it is. Personally, I have said it before that if you have an indifferent feeling about what we've done or what we're doing, then don't. Because at the end of the day, our life is our life and your life is your life. That's the best way to put it. Mm. But, uh, you know, we just want to be us and you just want to be you. And it's as simple as that. So it kind of goes into this question. I have to ask cuz a lot of people are going to want to know. Why did you want to change your last name to mine?
1: A lot of reasons. First, uh relief. You know, I th- when we got legally married, I felt like not like that connection grew, you know? And with that last name, it's a closer and closer where we're, yes, we're around each other like practically 24 seven. But with the last name there, it's that protection. It's that warmth. It's that unconditional
0: love. It is. And you know, if you, when you get the chance to watch the documentary, which is coming out, yes. we've had a quite a few delays and it's finally coming out. A few people have seen it. It's gotten some really good reviews. I would say uh, it tells a lot of the story. It would answer. It would. It would really answer that reason on why he did it. Uh, personally, it was asked if I would do it. I didn't mind it. It was up for conversation, and I basically sat there and said, "You know, if you want me to change my last name to yours, then that's fine. I don't have a problem with that." But then we kind of went through our past, yeah. and kind of said. This is where we belong more in. I agree. This is how the name fits better with Chris and Will. Yes, and it kind of goes into the backstory of his own family, and so I think that answers a lot of it. But truthfully, how does it feel?
1: <laughs> the, uh, indescribable. Because in such so many words, it's not only relief. It's not comfort. It's happiness.
0: Well, it is when you've gone through so many struggles like we have in so many ways. And we've dealt with uh, people, including family, getting in our way of being happy. Decisions like this kind of separates you from the negativity. I agree. And, you know, it kind of separates you from those bullies that that are present in your life that you didn't realize you had. Yeah. And in some instances, they're really not supposed to be that way because they can be family. Exactly. So I think that uh, when he made the decision. Now I did not persuade him to make the decision. Yes. I didn't push him to make yes. the decision. He made the decision himself. Yes. I, I did. And he basically did the paperwork himself. Yes. And he's done the submissions himself. Yes. And boom, there you have it. So he made that choice. Yes. And uh, we're happy with that. So I'm ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Hey, look, that's a great way to start it. Cause I know we haven't really discussed much of that. Mm-hmm. And, the papers have officially come in, and yes. the social security card has come in. Yes, and it's it's done. It's a done deal, and that that life I think is behind us now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's all about progressing forward. And you know, we got a lot happening for two thousand twenty one. Amazing. I mean, a lot has since January first that started. We uh-huh. have gotten more contacts and more offers that have walked through the door that we are. St- So busy trying to figure out what is best for Chris and Will. Yes. So we've got a lot to cover with you this year when it's right to tell you about it. I agree. But this week, we are going to take a trip down Nostalgia Television and living on the prairie. None of us have lived on a prairie. Now, I've lived in a countryside, but not on a prairie. So Mm -mm. I'm kind of excited about going into... Um, nostalgia television. We like to talk about nostalgia a lot. Yeah. We really do. Going down memory lane is amazing for us. We have so much fun doing that. Uh So let's roll into that. Okay. Um, Growing up television. That's a big one. We've talked about that many a times. Many a times. Many a time. So how far back would you consider nostalgia?
1: Well, there's two ways to look at that. The first way is like your childhood or when you were a kid or when you were a kid and there was like syndicated stuff from before you were born. So it really just depends.
0: Well, you know, I think the I have television shows that I've watched as a child and then growing up. Yeah. But there were also shows that were before I was born. Yes. Uh, one like Mr. Ed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You remember Howdy Doody?
1: I've heard of it, but I didn't watch oh, it. Oh, I remember that. Uh, do you remember? Hee Haw? Hee Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my god. That was good one.
0: And you know, I think that one was still going on when I was born. Cause I want to say as a child, we actually visited the production set because I think they filmed it in, in Nashville. Wow. And it was it's actually very cool. It was but um yeah, he haul.
1: Yeah, for me, he-haw. um, on TV land I watched a uh, dragnet get smart. Um, there was also a lot of black and white shows like um the many loves of Dolby Gillis, I think. Yeah. Um, gosh, just there's a lot of There's a lot. There was, of, a, lot. There was yeah.
0: a lot. And you know, I think a lot of past television, not necessarily television now. Patty Duke was one um, of Yeah, name. Patty Duke. Uh, had a lot of self-identity in it. Yeah. It did because you can relate to it in so many different ways. And I, you know, I'm just gonna say this. And Willie and I have had debates on this many, many a times. <laughs> okay. You can so tell the difference when the producers who produce like full house and family matters and stuff like that. Yes. And, and then when they go into those segments and then the music starts and I'm like sitting there going, shit, <laughs> You know what? no family does that to no. where they sit there and somebody does something wrong. And here, Michelle, let's talk about but it. Nobody did that. No, crap. but think about it. It's a, it's, yeah, a, it's a learning thing. I get it. It's but at the it's end a, of the day, you knew that when that music was coming, it was like, all right, it was like Jaws. When you heard <laughs> the music from Jaws and the shark was coming to attack you, you knew that when that music happened on those particular shows, it was bullshit time.
1: Well, I thought of it as it's a calming of, like, okay, this is coming. Let's discuss it. Wow, it wasn't bad. I mean, yeah, we have discussions
0: with kids, and and you know, and families did do that. But come on. No, they didn't, but it was a better realistic way with that, because I think the the soundtrack that they played in the back of it (laughs) made it worse. If they would have just just kept it quiet like it was part of the episode, then it might have made sense. But when you're like preparing for it, then it was a trademark or something. I I don't know. Probably was because it was to me. It was just like, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm totally done now. Could you imagine if they did that in Roseanne? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, could you imagine if they started doing the symphony orchestra and the harps no, no, no. and slowing down every time but Roseanne? They would use that though.
1: They would use a harmonica, and maybe like, I don't I know. I mean, it uh, would just be <laughs> like,
0: I could just see her turning around and say, Would you shut the F up? You know? But anyway, so they had a lot of self attention You know, you did learn a lot from nostalgia television because yes. they had a lot of points to it. Yes. And you could relate to them in a lot of different ways. And so self-identity of course is a big one and the interesting thing of it is is some of the television shows back then they pushed their limits i agree they did they pushed their limits when they knew that executives would not like it they pushed their limits and it's like okay what about displaying poor in entertainment yeah there were quite a few shows that did that They did yeah i mean it wasn't about the rich and famous and fancy stuff there were some poor families that, that were out. And there were some, you know, there, there were a lot of different ones that displayed like, um gosh, I can't remember the one that it's called where uh one of the main characters had, uh, he was, he, he was retarded. And so it showed the life of him. I want to say it's not the facts of life. No. If life goes on or something like the, something around that. I can't remember. I'm, it's going to bother me (laughs) it's gonna bother me but anyway they touched on a lot of topics and and you could learn from it yeah and it was interesting because we were going through youtube yes and we came across an episode from growing from growing pains
1: wow where
0: uh where i don't know why my throat's killing me today it's not Um, you're just um, you know it's just well i probably shouldn't have had a personal moment with you before we started recording (laughs) Still have ah. all that that hair that's stuck in the back of oh my throat, my you know. Not that you guys needed it to hear that, but yeah. Sure. Welcome to a gay life. Oh my um, gosh. In any, sense, in any sense, if the episode talked about uh, drinking and driving, yes. And apparently, um, the the daughter went with her boyfriend, and they got into a car wreck. Mm-hmm. And he was in the hospital, and he was thought to make it, and yeah. at the last minute, he didn't. So she had to learn the consequences. Of drinking and driving, yeah. and it was very emotional. And they did a lot of different of those and segments, it was, and shows. it wasn't
1: cheesy either. I mean, it was, it was to the point, raw emotion. You felt it, and I love that about that type of television because it's not like you know, it it didn't
0: look scripted or staged. No, no. Now, do you think TV shaped
1: you from back in the day? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you watch TV, you know, and there are just those certain shows or cartoons or or even like, you know, certain programs. And you're just like, oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sure. It hit hit home. It changed you. Uh And that's the difference between TV back then to TV now. Yeah. Because TV now. Now, again, I I like the Connors, but it's not Roseanne. I agree. It's not Roseanne. Yeah. And the characters that are in the Connors. They're not the same as the characters that they were in Roseanne. And I said that about Fuller House, too. Yeah. Because yeah. Full House was Full House. Yes. But when Fuller House came back, it was like, mm, mm. you know, it it just it didn't work for me. Yeah. I in agree. a lot of different ways. Now,
1: and, I, and I, as you know,
0: I love Full House, but Fuller House just, I don't know. There's... Now, um, Mad About You, we did watch that one. Yes. That one was pretty much to the T. I, I, was well, I will
1: say, though, that first that pilot for the reboot, man, it was like no time had passed by. Like they got the story
0: right to. Yeah, they did. They, they did, did a good job. If you're going to do a reboot, Hollywood. Yes. You need to continue the story, not make up something new. I agree. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, people, characters change and they adapt in life. Yes. yes but you need to still keep true to the the character. The personality. The personality, yeah, absolutely. So let's go back into life back in the day. Okay. Remember mall stores? Malls were the biggest thing back then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm having the biggest, Mind farts, it's on the planet. I can't think of crap. It comes into my head, and I can't think of anything. Think of some. I got to think of some think think good, good malls. Some great mall stores from mall. back in the day. Okay, here. Here's one you relate to. Babbage's. Yes. There's a good one. Service merchandise. We talked about this the other day. Yes. Those were the stores uh-huh. uh, going into it. Gazooks. That's what I was trying to say. Ah. Remember that? That old, that old store? I hadn't, but you. Yeah. Gazooks was actually, I want to say. It was maybe like a Spencer's Spencer's in a sense, but yeah. not as uh kinky as Spencer's, if you look at <laughs> right. it. I'm surprised Spencer's is still even around. there, yeah. Yeah. Spencer's just really kind of turned into a mall porn store. It has. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got everything fetish in there. Not that I don't like Spencer's and I love going in there, but I mean, when you bring your kids into Spencer's, there's uh, a lot of explaining to do uh-huh. because they're gonna sit there and say, What's this mommy? What's this daddy? And just say, stay at no. the front of the store, you'll be okay. Because they're gonna want toys that they shouldn't be playing oh, with at that, that age. You just don't bring them into Spencer's. Oh my god! You know, why would some cause imagine your kids going in? Why would somebody want to buy fake boobs? I don't know. That's a Friday night for you, I guess. I I don't know. But anyway, going back to mall <laughs> mall stores, um, you know, what about great commercials? Back in the day commercials. commercials. Okay, okay. The Got Milk. Yeah. I hated those. I hated them. But
1: do you, okay, talking about Got Milk. So on one of the episodes of Roseanne, where I think it was in the end credits, where DJ did a spoof on the Got Milk thing.
0: Yes. And it was false advertising because I'm not a big fan of milk. And I guarantee you when I drank that milk, it didn't make me a buff man. It didn't make me a hot-looking dude. It did not. So false advertising milk. on milk. Well, you're definitely not with the got-milk people. Well, I'm not. Like, there yeah. There you go. So, yes. But McDonald's, yes. McDonald's well, I would say McDonald's,
1: the Happy Meal uh, commercials. Not like the Today commercials. But they gave you, like, um, they gave you magic, imagination. You know, like the... I don't know, like the Happy Meal and the Chicken McNugget, you know, toys that they had. And they just, you know, they have them on the screen and you're just like, I don't know. It wasn't like so fast and in your face. It was a lot
0: of the marketing, especially when you go through television, a lot of the marketing, you saw yourself in that. Like the biggest things with like Toys R Us. Yeah. Toys R Us was around. You imagined yourself as a kid now being in that store. And the thing of it was. Is Toys R Us created that when you first walked into the store? Yeah, because it wasn't and a normal entrance. My parents hated that. Right. They hated that because they were like, the, "You had when you first walked into Toys R Us back in the day, you had to go through the maze before you got to the store." Yeah, and the maze had a lot of junk in it, and the well, kids. Well, no, it they was could, just a
1: long hallway. Well, they could and... never
0: get the kids past the maze because they always put the expensive crap there, and you would always want all of that because. That's the stuff that sells. But did sold. the
1: Toys R Us where you lived did it have it where you walked down a little bit and then it had the little like turn point and then
0: there was some yeah stuff a little there? bit but it it was there were just it you walked before you walked in the store you had to go through a maze of to- toys yeah yeah and they hated that my parents hated going to Toys R Us period. oh I love but we loved going to I Toys loved R Us it, so yes. a lot of stuff and um again you go back all right um my buddy
1: yeah the scary
0: little thing uh um. No, well, not well, necessarily and, well, my buddy, but Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin was scary. Yeah, Teddy Ruxpin was scary because when you tried to put your finger in his mouth oh, and gosh. it and it bent down, that shit was hurt. Because those lips were hard. Those were really... Now, don't ask why I was sticking my finger in a bear's I mouth. Was good, but yeah, um, maybe it was the early days of being gay. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Not that I stick my finger down his mouth anyway. Oh, um, but goodness. we're not going to go into that. Because then we'd have to tell the, the network that we're rated R. Uh, any sense. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're really going on this nostalgia, yes. aren't we? Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean... Gosh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, back in the day, they had the dino-sized fries, which was the mega-supersized fries, which was like two large fries in one. Yeah. And they got rid of it. This was at McDonald's, of course. They got rid of it because it was unhealthy. So people just started buying two large fries because, (laughs) shoot, you would buy two supersized fries and you were like, oh, my God, I have a bag full of McDonald's French fries. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Let's go into growing up you. Here's a good one. Okay. So what about uh, being the outcast and overcoming it?
1: Well, being the outcast is, it's kind of like a, I won't say a conflict, but like your thought process is you belong somewhere else. So you try to adapt to others and be someone you're not, but you overcome that by staying with who
0: you are well it's like the self-identity you had to find ways to identify yourself that helped you get through identifying yourself and i think television did that i think entertainment period did that because because you could relate to music there were a lot of related relatable music that had you know not evil messages but had messages and points to them that you could cry with listening to i think
1: it was also with those messages is saying hey you know what it's going on. You 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 probably should be aware of it. Start you know doing stuff differently. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it had it kind of made you change your life, and and really that's what it was. And and back then things weren't as um, able, if that's the word, as they are now because vocal was in person. Vocal wasn't online. Yeah. You you couldn't just post something and and run away oh, from yeah. it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you literally had to face what you told uh-huh. and you had to face what you heard Yeah, literally right in front of you or held it in your hand one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, people just can say crap and just run away and you don't ever hear from them or they can ignore you. So mm-hmm. I think we just recreated problems and made them worse, to uh, be honest yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, self-identity. I think growing up, you it's a little bit harder. I think every generation has that. Yeah. But I also think that um, each generation has better ways to help deal with it mm-hmm. and uh, I think our generation had better ways of dealing with it because it made you stronger on how to deal with it, yeah, and that's where I think independent grew or independence grew, I should say, yeah, but let's talk about growing fam growing up family and in the country now, of course, I've lived in the countryside, so um for me, it was. Being in the woods, okay. hanging out with friends, bike, bike, bike riding, bike cycling. I don't know what the hell. my cycling. I don't know what the hell my mouth's trying to say. <sighs> anyway, but uh, yeah, growing up in the countryside, I, I think that um, again, back in the day, also taught you how to deal with family. You
1: know, in a little in a, way, it taught a, you how to deal yeah. with family.
0: It taught you how to deal with family fights. Because we all had them. We still do. Yeah. Uh, Family activities, just family in general. Mm -hmm. And then countryside just taught you about community.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm pausing for a moment because I'm like, I'm like in two places at once on that matter. But,
0: well, I mean, we all have problems in life, and every family has its own problems. Yeah. Um, That's why they put fun and dysfunction. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, every family has some sort of dysfunction in their family. Period. Mm-hmm. It's accepting and not and acknowledging it, agreeing with it, and learning how to move on from it is how you get through it. Yeah. Sometimes some families have it worse than others, and again, self-identity, especially in the gay world, is a little bit harder um, because if you don't follow the traditional path, then you know you have a harder life and, yeah. and sometimes it's could have been, I know back then it was also interracial dating was also yeah. part of a big problem too. Uh-huh. So, you know, to me, I, I didn't care. Yeah, you know, I was just like, they're in love. They're happy. Who, Who cares? Yeah. You know, it, it didn't bother me, Seeing
1: but those individuals happy, that's the happiness. Yeah.
0: And it didn't make sense on why everybody made a big deal about it. But, um, you know, another thing that we kind of learned from television was from the show Little House on the Prairie. Did Mm. you watch that?
1: A few times. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, Little House on the Prairie was an American Western historical drama. Yeah. It starred Michael Landon, Melissa Gilbert, Karen Grossel, Melissa Sue Anderson and Allison Arngram. Mm. It had nine seasons, 204 episodes plus specials. It ran on NBC starting from September 11th, 1974 to March 21st, 1983. Won four Emmy Awards. Had a two-hour pilot movie on NBC in March of 30th, 1974. It focused on adoption, alcoholism, faith, poverty, blindness, and prejudice of all types, including racism. Mm. And to in 1982 to 1983, the title changed Little House a new beginning became a thing for the show. Yeah. And the last episode, the last farewell, they blew up the town that had the set for the original property that was set for the original property show and the filming. So basically what, what I'm screwing up my words is basically the set of the show. They blew it up in the last episode. So that was actually real. Wow. Yeah. So Part of that is today's guest is none other than the bad girl herself. Allison Arngram. <laughs> That's yes. why you're stumbling. I am. So, I'm so excited about yes. <laughs> that. Yes. Allison is a young artist, a young artist award, former child star, lifetime achievement award honoree. That is a lot of crap. That somebody didn't space out when I was supposed to read that because I'm sitting here going, "What the hell is this?" I'm gonna have to have a little chat. She's done all. So, yeah, she's done a lot. Yes. she. <laughs> I'm supposed to read an article before I get to her interview, and I don't think I'm going to have enough time. Uh, Nellie Olson, she played Nellie Olson on NBC's series, The Little House on the Prairie. What the hell is this? <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, <laughs> her mother, Allison's mother, was Norma Macmillan. Million, I think it's how you say her last name. She was a voice actress. She did Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yes. And Gumby. Wow. Yes, act- absolutely. She was a frequent flyer. <laughs> she <laughs> she did... was a frequent flyer. She, what? <laughs> she, did, she did multiple episodes of Match Game and Hollywood Square. I love those shows. <laughs> yes. She did a one person <laughs> show at the former parliament house, bah! the former parliament house in Orlando, Florida, which unfortunately is no longer there. That's uh-huh. so sad. Yeah. Uh, she appeared on the love boat fantasy Island. I married Wyatt earth, the comeback kids and life interrupted. And she's also a TV land award winner. Wow. Yes. And you know, there was an article, which I don't think I'm gonna have time to go through it. But um, it was an article that said the top 25 queen bees on the small screen. Uh-huh. Quickly, hopefully I can get through this. Um, God, I can't even. Allison, how do you say that name? How do you say that? De Laurentis. There you go. And Mona Vandervelt, Wall, whatever, from Pretty Little Liars. I have not seen that show. They ranked number one uh angelica pickles from rugger <laughs> yes <laughs> what a comparison right was it number two uh beth cassidy from dare me i have not seen that i haven't either number three uh chanel Arberlin. yes scream queens not seen that uh number four cheryl blossom from riverdale heard of riverdale mm-hmm. have not watched it yeah and um, you know, anyway, well, Allison had made that because I'm not going to go through the list, you guys. I, there's just too many of them. Well, let me let me find Allison's. I got only a minute or two left. Uh, I'm I'm going through. The, why would they even put cartoon characters and compare them to human beings? Oh, maybe it's just the. Character. But you know what? No. Um, you know, I I've, I lost count. But Marsha Brady came before uh, Nellie Olsen on The Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah. Which is which is really funny. But anyway, um, <clears throat> this has been a very interesting show. Uh, <laughs> brought to you in part by WTF? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to give Allison a call. And we're going to have so much fun with her as the original bad girl of television. <laughs> so sit back, relax, because we're going to give Allison Arngram a call. Allison is coming up. When you put the pandemic aside, you start to look at your own inner self, which means your own sufferings. We're all going through something in life.
1: Yes.
0: Part of our brand is to help and continue to help.
1: And help is what is needed sometimes just to be able to focus and focus the right way. I've dealt with mental abuse, anxiety, depression, and a list of other issues that I struggle with overcoming every
0: day. Both of us have dealt with some sort of issues. With my own issues like heart disease and so forth. That stuff takes a toll on you and sometimes we want to give up. Please, please don't.
1: Just like with us, you'll survive all of this and no matter the current times, we're all going to live happy.
0: We have created the Best Friends Forever Foundation, completely managed by us and our team, totally funded by our company. It is built with you in mind, you need someone to talk to, be your friend, offer you help, or just your chat friend we can help. Need help? We will set it up and pay for it to get you the help you need. Working with some of the best doctors in the country. Believe me, we are all in it for you.
1: Our goal is to have assistance available to you whenever needed, even if it is to talk. We want to have a safe house for you to go get more assistance. These facilities will be nearest to you and guaranteed to be there for you.
0: In dedication of celebrating you and giving you love with awareness, we have William's Heart Pen, available online to wear close to your hearts. Proceeds go directly into the foundation. Go to
1: chrisandwill.com for all the details.
0: Remember, you are loved, we love you. Love
1: yourself, and the world will love you in return. Chris and Will, introducing you to
0: an amazing getaway. For the first time, we both treated ourselves to a day of pampering. If you're in the Tampa, Florida area, then please make sure to treat your own self to a day like we did at Spa Nirvana, a sanctuary for face and body, a spa day for men and women.
1: The staff is so friendly. The place is clean. Looks amazing,
0: and the best of it, they're following the safety guidelines during these current times. Truly a professional environment. The cost isn't bad neither. Make your appointment today. Imagine
1: a day where you can get the most incredible stress-free relaxing massage, body work, facial rejuvenation, and microdermabrasion. They have so much more to offer, including their signature facial services, including an aluminum oxide-free crystal microdermabrasion facial the lifting facial of mature skin, and the most comprehensive, purifying, deep cleansing facial. Plus, you just can't beat the environment of soothing music. Healthy snacks and drinks, and you just have
0: to see it for yourself. Guys, it's totally worth it. This is a weekly thing for us now, and I can't wait to go again. This is a Chris Will Highly Recommendation.
1: Spanirvana.com is the website. You can go to chrisandwill.com for the link as well. Spa Nirvana, 811 Court Street, Clearwater, Florida, 33756. Call 727-447-7546 to make your appointment today. Services are by appointment only, and they are filling up fast. So treat yourself, your inner self, to a vacation day at Spa Nirvana. We are honored to welcome TV Land award winner, Allison Argram.
0: Good morning. Well, good mor well, yeah, good morning for you. Good afternoon <laughs> for us. All
3: right. What time is it there, right?
0: Uh two o'clock actually. Yes.
3: Ooh, fine afternoon to you, then.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, how are you, my dear?
3: I am I am amazingly, under all the circumstances, actually fabulous. Well, wow. that is so
0: good Yay. to hear. Um mm-hmm. have you gotten out of Facebook jail yet?
3: Shockingly, yes. Finally, finally, yes. it was so <laughs> crazy because it was one of those I didn't do anything. You know how it? Is? Somebody. I think complained about a comment on the post, uh-huh. and it got taken as a comment on the post. Or the, someone, the person who commented, was getting kicked off. Decided to send revenge to try to. <laughs> but you know, it's everything's an algorithm or a bot now. So I don't think an actual person ever watched it because I'm sitting there fully uh, dressed, okay. in Little House in yep. the Prairie in a bonnet, for heaven's sakes. Um, so I don't know, but I have been released really from Facebook jail and I'm able to read on my own page. I mean, I just I went over to my husband's page and read there, but now I'm back. <laughs> <on> <laughs> (laughs) page every day reading it is triumph victory yes
0: yes Mm. oh we totally love it thank you so much for doing that
3: yes so crazy it's just I never in a million years I mean you know back in March when everything shut down I I had done Facebook live I think once I had never heard of zoom I had never heard of
2: uh,
3: Uh stageit.com or you know live stream any of these these, uh, platforms Mm -hmm. none of them and now I'm on like all of them every day
2: Wow.
3: I, is this bananas? So what happened is, is you know, I was sitting in the middle of the floor crying in March, going, what am I going to do? And my husband said, <laughs> oh, don't worry, you'll think of something. Um, I mean, I'm supposed to be in France right now. I was booked solid into October, but of uh-huh. course, obviously, none of those things are happening.
2: Right. So I was
3: really worried. I was like, well, how have I worked since I was 12 years old? What am I going to do? And my fans, because I'm used to talking to them, I'm used to going out and seeing them all the right. time. yeah. And... So I thought, what are we going to do here? And I started reading the Little House books every day online, which was great, because then I was able to see people and talk to them, and they could talk to me. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. And
3: then the phone started to ring. Well, that show you were going to do in New York, well, we're looking at doing everything online. Have you heard of stageit.com? And I was like, no. Yeah, well, oh. we could do your show. It's a pay-per-view, so you have to get paid, but it's live pay-per-view, so people from the comfort of their living room can buy a ticket and see you. And I'm like, this is great. I'll do it. So... I wind up turning my living room into, like, a TV studio comedy club, and so I do the show. Well, it was a big hit. People loved it, and so I've now done several. So then I get a call. Hey, Rich Little, who not only alive and well, not retired, was doing four nights a week at the Tropicana in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, he's going squirrely, and his people called my publicist and go, you know, we heard Allison did an online show, and it went really well. Hey, Rich wants to do this. He wants to do whatever the heck she did. He wants to do that. That's what he wants to do. So Harlan goes, you need to go call Rich Little. So next thing I know, I talked to his tech team, and I talked to Rich, and they're raring to, raring to go. And I said, okay, I said, it's weird, because you don't have that audience response. It's like the old TV shows, where sometimes there was no studio audience way back right. in the day, right. and you had to do your act, and they Sweeten it, yeah. Yep. I said, if you ever did that gig, you can do this gig. And he's like, I can do that. Um, he's written a whole new thing. It's, it's a rich little virtually speaking. That's and right. And yes, I am unbelievably directing. And it's because he needed a performer who'd really done it. He's got a brilliant tech team. They can get him on and off the web and make it sing and dance and do backgrounds. But he said, you know, I need to talk to someone who's done it. Because and I had the same problem when I started. I couldn't find another performer who'd done stage it. I finally mm. found someone who had, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Here's what you do." And to have a performer, another comedian, say, "Okay, here's how you do it," because you're having to just you know shout at the back of a laptop here for half an uh-huh. hour. This is how it works. And he's gung ho to do it. This will be the first time Rich has done an internet thing. There's a whole population of young people who've not been to a Rich Little show who are now going to be able to access this. This is going to right. be
0: a whole new world. Yeah. Oh, we're so totally looking forward course, to it. Of course, yes. Uh, we we've had Rich on the show before. Yes,
3: wonderful,
1: he delightful is man.
0: Such a wonderful man, absolutely, and he's so funny when he does all those voices. Oh my oh. gosh! And, he can't uh, stop laughing. Oh, you know, he's an
3: artist. He draws and yes. sketches, and he's incorporating his artwork into this thing. It's like a multimedia extravaganza.
0: Uh huh absolutely oh it was wonderful we we told him we were going to get around to to going to see a show in vegas and then of course the pandemic happened Mm -hmm. and uh everything like with you everything on our schedule has gotten completely okay whatever um you know so the only thing that we (laughs) have going for is of course this show luckily our show has continued to go on through the pandemic but everything else out in public it's just it was all canceled and i'm gonna tell you we are not homebodies we are always on the go yeah and Mm -hmm. We oh, do I'm not even on the road. know what to I'm do. I'm never home. Yes. It has been one thing after another. It's like, okay, we can rearrange things multiple times. So we don't. So now we're just going shopping.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> I have yeah.
3: bought so much stuff online. Oh, my God. Um, it's, and I found out, oh, they'll deliver, you know, they'll deliver ice cream. Wow. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's happened. But it's. It, and then I started the baking the cookies I made uh strawberry pie the Ooh. other day. We're doing oh mold gosh. cider this afternoon uh. <laughs> So the wow. cooking thing is going on. It's crazy, and you know, it's it's terrifying. I have friends who are in the hospital. I have friends who are still sick. They, they have the headaches and the body aches uh-huh. months later. It is horrifying. People are sick. People have lost their jobs. I check in on my friends. Some of my friends are medically fragile. They cannot leave the house at all. I'm doing a wow. friend's laundry. I'm getting you know wipes and toilet paper, driving over to people's houses. So you know, it's it's horrendous, and as I said, every, hi, oh, the Missouri Cherry Blossom Festival, RuPaul's Drag Con, I had tour a tour uh-huh. of France, multiple shows in France, mm-hmm. I was going to Dublin for a whole women's conference in Ireland, and I was going to see the homes of my great-grandparents, gone, poof, gone, poof, right. but mm-hmm. I'm doing Cameo, Coach the World, I have an online store, I'm doing my daily readings of The Little House on the Prairie books, I'm directing Rich Little Show, uh, I'm speaking at the women's conference. I'm busier now than I was before this thing hit.
0: Wow. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's really good, though. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. And
3: I really, I didn't I you couldn't have told me. I tell you, I was sitting on the living room floor going, my husband's like, you'll think of something. I'm like, I didn't know I'd think of this, but I thought of it.
0: Right? Mm -hmm. Who knew? Yes well you know it's um, it's the same thing. I mean we we're doing a little bit more projects than what we thought we'd be doing yep. but um, you know it's still we still like the travel we miss it but of course we're happy that the fact that we've got multiple things going on at one time as well so um, so yeah we feel we feel you on that but uh, you know I have to say this is a thrill to be talking to the bad girl of television. <laughs> Just the Thank, you. thank you so much. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, uh, as I've been said, from one brat to another, this is wonderful.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so honored. You know, it's so funny when people say, I hated you so much. You were so awful. And I say, thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> years of it. People still. People still. I, I talked about it in my book just a few years ago. I was in an autograph show, and a grown woman walked in, and she didn't say hello or good morning. She just looked at me and said... I forgive you and walk out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <That's laughs> You've been
3: holding Gideon for 30
0: years. Wow. That is just, wow. Mm-hmm. But isn't it great, though, just the, the feeling of sitting there going, you know, I'm bad. I'm confident about being bad. I'm happy. Yes. Yes. And it's very
3: thing. freeing because instead of having to be super, super nice and, and play a really nice person, I was just able to, like, dump all of my angst and hostilities and anything that was bothering me and just dump it there into uh-huh. Nellie Olsen. And it was freeing. It was, it was really kind of fun.
0: Yes. Oh, I bet it was. Well, girl, let me tell you, uh, <laughs> what was it, back in the 90s when that song, uh, I'm a Bitch, came out? That was my yeah, theme song. Yeah, yeah. That was Do you the You know,
3: I, I play that at the end of my shows when I finish my stand at <laughs> Meredith Brooks bitch. I'm a bitch, yes. I'm a lover. Yes, yes, yes. It's one of my absolute favorite songs of all time.
0: Yep, mine too. Theme song right away. <laughs> so let's let me ask you, how did you get to become the bad girl, the fa- your famous start? Tell me about that.
3: Well, you know, as I like to say, uh, it's not my first comeback. Little House was actually the comeback role. Um, I had started working when I was like five years old. You know, my SAG wow. cards. It's- member since 1967. Oh, wow. Like my member number is one. Um, <laughs> nice. and I, I, was, I was at a SAG meeting where people were standing up and asking questions and speaking. They would all get up and say, you know, Bill Jones, member since 1988. And people go, ah, oh, here, here, clap, clap, clap. So it's a member since 1992. And I got up and said, well, Alison Arger, member since 1967. So anyway, And everybody went,
2: wait, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> they ain't got nothing on um, you,
3: right? I was like, yeah, I'm older than everybody. So I, was a, I started working work as a little, little girl, and I did a bunch of commercials. I did a movie when I was 10. And then I was not working a lot when I was 11. I didn't get any work. And my father, the so manager, sat me down and said, Now, you know, a lot of child actors just stop working at some point, and maybe they work after they're 18, uh-huh. or they don't work again. So this could be it. You may be done. You might never work again, or maybe you'll work when you're 18. I got the "you may be washed up, your career is over" speech at 11.
0: Wow, wow. that's crazy. And then, wow.
3: luckily, I got Little House like a few months later. So, Little House technically was my comeback. I'd actually had a career and like gone into retirement and came out of retirement to do Little House in the Prairie 12. So
2: wow. <laughs> it was like
3: bizarre. And then. We never thought it would be the hit that it would be, and I I hadn't read the books. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm enjoying reading the books so much online, is that I had read them over the years. I'd never read them in order, but I didn't read them as a kid, and so Uh I didn't know what the heck they were talking about when they said Little House on the Prairie. So I'm reading for the part of Laura and the part of Mary. I have no idea what's going on, and then they call me back. And I don't know there's a Nellie Olson. I don't, have no idea there's a Nellie Olson in this uh-huh. story or what she's like. And they tell me nothing. I get to the audition. Wow. And there's these sides, and I turn to my father and I said, "This is not a normal part. This this girl's a total bitch." <laughs> and he said, "What are you talking about?" So I start reading it for him. He's in fits. He says, "Okay, this is hysterical." He said, "Don't rehearse it anymore. In fact, don't even look at it. Put the pages face down. Do not nice. look at them. Do not even look at them. You just go in. You read it like that. Mm-hmm. Said, oh, all right." Mm-hmm. So I go in, and there's Michael Lanton, and then there's Kent McRae, and there's Ed Friendly the Producers. And there they are, and I say, I said, okay, I'll read this. They start laughing. They were in hysterics. They were just, they said, that they, they couldn't stop laughing. They're like tears rolling down their face. They said, could you do it again? And I said, okay, what do you want me to change? And they said, nothing Just read the thing about the house again. <laughs> because it was that. That first episode where I did the essay, my home, my home is the best home in all, uh-huh. yeah, in Walnut yeah. Grove. Apparently, this was just too much for them to stand, and they're like, "Could you?" But they wanted to see if it was a fluke. What, Could I do that twice? And I think it was the thing about the dishes that put it over the top. Because you remember Nellie goes on about how they have three sets of dishes, uh-huh. one for every day, one for Sunday, <laughs> and one for when someone very important comes to visit, <laughs> which we've never even used yet. <laughs> and it's like, you idiot, you don't know anybody. You live in Walnut Grove, Minnesota. Of course you've never used them yet. You're not going to. The queen is not coming. <laughs> but I don't know that all the other 11, and 12-year-old kids got the joke, and I somehow did. And so that was, they hired me on the spot. They wow. hired me right then, and that was it.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. And wow. I was,
3: we were thrilled, it was ecstatic, I signed a seven-year contract, but oh, it won't go over seven years, be lucky if this thing, oh no, who's going to watch Little House of the Prairie? Oh, <laughs> yes, and here we all are. Um, <laughs>
2: yes. It turned
3: into this monster hit, and we were just floored. Everyone on the show were like, what has happened? And then when it ended, we're like, well, people will get on with their lives, and they'll stop talking about this soon enough, and we'll go oh, on, no, no the cable, and then the DVDs came out, and then this came out, uh-huh. nostalgia craze. Well, now, I think more people are watching it now than watched it when it was on. It's on Amazon. It's in 140 countries. It's on DVD. Uh-huh. It's on Blu-ray. It's streaming. It's insane. And it's <laughs> 2020. <laughs> and there's... Do you know there's people who've just started watching it? That's the nutty part.
0: Oh, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I can believe it. Yeah,
3: but I, I'm on Facebook, and there's these people saying they just started watching. Well, I'm watching part one of blah, 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 two-part. Don't tell me how it ends. Spoiler alert.
2: <laughs> That's what and I was doing, about to say. Oh, yeah. no.
3: Spoiler alert. And I log on. I said, spoiler alert? The thing made 45 years ago. It aired 5,000 times. What the heck are you talking
2: about?
3: <laughs> and they said, no, I just started watching it. And it's like, okay, like, gone with the wind. Should I not tell you the South loses?
2: Uh, uh, wow. Is
3: this a spoiler alert? People, have, there's a whole new generation of people uh-huh. who literally, because it was on Amazon, I get it, just started tuning in.
0: I believe it. Yeah. I believe they're it.
3: They're as into it as people were in the 70s. I am floored. And so when I went online, I I was doing it for myself. I needed right. something to feel centered and grounded and of something course. to do each day. And I'll read the Little House books. And Well, heck, I ordered all these bonnets for the next autograph show. I'll wear a bonnet every day. And <laughs> as one woman said, we didn't know that what we needed was apparently Alice in a Bonnet reading Little House on the Prairie. Wow. Ah. And they couldn't get enough. Kept people tuning in from all over the world, all the different countries are logging on and watching this. People are buying bonnets. They're wearing the bonnets. They're reading along with the books. <laughs> They're talking to each other. They've created a whole community around this where they talk to each other now.
0: That's crazy. So quick question.
1: Is there a particular color of bonnet that you prefer?
3: I admit I am partial to the purple ones.
2: Ah, <laughs> I Very have a couple
3: nice. of shades of purple, although for flattering, I think I look best in the pale blue for my eyes.
2: Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay.
3: Mind you, though, I wouldn't think I never thought yellow was my color. But if I put on a bright yellow blouse and the bright yellow bonnet, a lot of people comment that they like that one best, that I, I, yellow is my color.
0: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, you know, let me ask you this. Do you think if they were to do a show similar like that uh, in today's world, do you think it would work?
3: Absolutely, and this has been coming up a lot cause people are going, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? And every couple of years, they try to do the movie. I know the peak, because obviously, in order for us to do a reboot, it really is getting, you know, 10 lawyers in a room and hashing it out because you've got the friendly productions, you know, Ed uh-huh. Friendly's people, Trip Friendly's son, and that whole group, and then you have NBC Universal and so on and so on. So it's a bit complex. It's not like, oh, right. I love you. Well, let's wave a wand and just do the reunion. It's not that simple. So... They've been talking about it, but the powers that be, the people who have the rights and want to do it, the friendlies, really, 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 really want to do a feature film. And Ah. they've had several famous directors and screenwriters attached and almost done it. It just hasn't jumped to the next phase. And I know they really want to do a movie, but I have flat out, I think flat out like told people to their faces that, I think you should do the TV show instead and then you could do the movie. No, 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 we're going to do the movie. Okay, do yourself. If if I'm armchair quarterbacking, as I told them to, <laughs> armchair quarterbacking the Little House sequel, yeah, I would go with the TV show because television is like the movies now, and the internet is now TV.
0: Yes. It,
3: uh-huh. My my parents founded a theater together, the Totem Theater in Canada. They were in theater, they were in radio, and then they did early television. And my dad was on Broadway. And in early TV, they said people didn't want to be on TV. I thought you were, you know, Milton Berle was on TV, and there was, you know, the Alcoa, such and such, theater hour and craft, etc. But going on TV, they thought you were crazy. You weren't going to have a career in TV. You wanted to right. be in the movies. Right. But why would you go on TV? It was like a few years ago, if you said, I have an internet show, people go, ha, 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 isn't that cute? But <laughs> yeah. now, web series are winning Emmys.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: I've done several web series. I love what they're doing on the Internet, but Internet is the new TV, and TV, look at what's happened with HBO, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu. They're creating original content, and some of these are movies. There's been several movies on HBO and Netflix that would have been Oscar contenders, but instead they were for Emmys, because they were ha-ha-ha on TV, but we all know that was a movie. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. Television is now the movies. Movies, I guess, are like amusement parks. Um, And then (laughs) it's it's like going on a ride. And then uh, Internet is the TV. It's kind of nuts. So uh, if it was up to me, I would say, yes, do a TV show of Little House in the Prairie. Start over, like, from the beginning, all new actors, because so many of her original cast have died. And Uh you can't... You can't follow the timeline, because we were always doing, well, it's 1976. Oh, look, it's 1876. Ta-da. Right. It would be 1920 now. Mm. Rose is grown up and a writer in San Francisco, and ah. Laura Almanzo are retired and living on a farm. It's like, what? Wait, no. You, it doesn't work. But if you started over and said, okay, we're in Kansas, we're in Walnut Grove, and here's these darling little girls to play Laura and Mary, you could do it. They'd have to be really good, and the fans would be like, eh, I don't know. But you could have cameos, little Easter eggs with the original cast. Yeah, right. You could do it there. Now it's hard to say because there are there absolutely are fans that have told me, nope, nope, nope. Michael Landon is Paul, Melissa Gilbert is Laura, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, and I don't want to see nothing else. There are those people. Uh Yep. So it's a tough road. How it's, I would say it's like when they made um, Lord of the Rings.
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. think yep.
3: about the Lord of the Rings fans, they'd like memorize the books, if you messed that up <laughs> if you messed up a character, a plot like you were doomed, they'd tear the theater apart Yep. so it's kind of the same kind of fan base, but I think it could be done, and I think people would eat it up, and people say would it work now? I think it would work even more so, people wow. want the comfort TV, they yep. want to feel good they uh-huh. they want to see the moral lessons and the happy ending and the beautiful family they, they want that
0: yes, even especially after, uh During this pandemic, when so many people are struggling at the moment, it's relatable in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. So
3: we were... Little House has been a hit, and this is bizarre but true little house has been a hit several times because of giant international crises the uh, books came out at the height of the great depression uh, laura ingalls published little house in the big woods height of the great depression and people ate it up and it, it frankly saved like harper what is now harper collins harper publishing and uh, kind of launched the whole children's literature as a viable industry it was a huge breakthrough and the series of books they ate them up because here was his family who had nothing and brink of starvation, making a go of it. Having to, People in the Depression could say, well, at least I'm not twisting hay for heat. Right. And they were giant, massive popularity. Then, Little House the Series, what happens? We launch in 1974. Remember the 70s? We had gas rationing. We had with inflation uh-huh. now. We had a gigantic recession.
2: Uh-huh. People
3: were out of work. There was terrible inflation. Remember, we, they were rationing. People couldn't afford meat.
0: Yep. Yep, that
3: all happened in the seventies. You could you get gasoline every other day, you couldn't buy a steak, and suddenly there's little house on the prairie and Paul's saying, They want two pennies for a slate pencil, we can't afford it.
2: Uh-huh. People
3: went crazy. So we hit we hit a nerve. And here we are now and people on Twitter are saying, I did not know Little House had an episode called Quarantine and another one called Plague.
2: Oh. oh wow. Wow. They
3: didn't realize they're freaking out and all the news went crazy. We all wound up getting interviewed. And then somewhat young person on Twitter said, I just watched a Little House episode called The Wisdom of Solomon where Todd Bridges talks about being a black person in America in the eighteen hundreds and even says to Pa, Would you wanna live uh, um, to be 100 as a black man or live as a white man to be 50, which would you choose?
2: Wow. And he can't
3: answer him. Wow. And they handle heavy, heavy topics. It's just, because remember, we were in the 1870s. It was mm-hmm. right after slavery in the Civil War. And right. we had episodes that dealt with things that are extremely current right now. And people said, I didn't know Little House was this, like, ahead of its time. And was yeah. talking about uh-huh. these serious topics. So now everyone's tuning in again. We're, we're right back where we started.
0: Wow. But you see that's the best part about uh, television yes. back in the day is they they pushed limits. And, yep, yep. you know, and, and the funny thing is, is we, we were talking about this just the other day. We had friends over and they were watching some old shows. Yes, we were introducing yes. them to their kids. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of them had made the comments like, well, we, they wouldn't play these shows on television anymore because people get too offended yep. too fast. Wait, I mean, could we watch,
3: could we handle all in the family and Maud now?
0: Yes, would I we, know. Would we
3: all have a conniption fit over the Jeffersons? Wow. Uh-huh. wow. And this was groundbreaking TV. And yeah. Little House, people forget Little House was doing stuff. Nobody was talking about that. We had the episode where the guy comes back from the Civil War, and he gets addicted to morphine. And it was, well, people were coming back from Vietnam in the early 70s, and many of them were having problems with heroin. Uh-huh. And we basically did an episode about that, except... In the 1800s, right, right, and right. we covered very, very topical things. We got away with a lot more in Little House because we said, "No, no, no, we're not talking about the thing that's happening now. It's okay; it's the 1800s." Yeah. <laughs> we like uh-huh. couched it in that, and uh-huh. we're still. To- and people now, in the middle of pandemic, are going, "Well, the Ingalls got snowed in. The Ingalls had to figure out how to store food, and they sure uh-huh. didn't have any toilet paper." So <laughs> people are tuning in. <laughs>
0: That is And true. we had
3: we had anthrax, we had typhus, we had plague, we had you know scarlet fever. They had it all on the prairie.
0: Yep. Oh. Wow. Oh my
2: gosh. That is <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who knew that I would ever grow up in this world thinking that toilet paper was the thing that I, was the most important time of my life? Um, I would have never thought.
3: I mean, I would, luckily, I mean, I always, I I love Costco and I would, you know, it's just me and my husband, we don't go through that much, but we would buy the giant thing of Uh Charmin and then it would last like forever. Uh It was huge. But we had just gone shopping and I thought well we, we kind of have, we started calling friends going you know we have toilet paper
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, and I have friends but I can't find the wipes and like, my husband's like I found a guy who's selling the wipes I got a guy so we go I have a guy do you want wipes and <laughs> um, I'm doing a friend's laundry a friend of mine well he's got various he's got multiple conditions and he's like uh-huh. he's a long term AIDS survivor and his doctor said no you're not going anywhere you can't get this uh-huh. so he said I was Going to the laundromat. I can't go to the laundromat. And Fluff and Fold is like charging a bazillion dollars now to, to pick up laundry. I said, um, "You're not that far away," and I have a gigantic washing machine. This is not that I do fine. So I'm doing his laundry. Um, I've been finding wipes and hand sanitizer and cool stuff that other people apparently couldn't find and getting it to people. Um, mm-hmm. I I I tell people, call your friends. Make sure, see, they could be sick and you haven't heard from them. Call your friends, make uh-huh. sure they're okay. Mm-hmm. Call your friends. They may need something. They may have lost their job. They may have trouble making rent. They may, ha- may not be able to find certain products. Yeah, call your friends. See if they need anything.
0: Yep. We've been telling people that a lot, a lot uh, during this whole pandemic because yeah. we we've been doing stay well episodes yes. where we would bring in good, good. Uh, where we, we would bring in doctors and specialists that would talk about it. But the one thing when they came to us and said, okay, we want you to do a second episode a week, but it's going to be more along health and I go, you know what, I, I, everybody's got the doctors talking about the pan, uh, the the COVID and all that. I want mm-hmm. mental health yes. doctors to help people get through this, because mental health is going to be a big deal mm-hmm. through all you got
3: to connect. People are very isolated. That's what will make it yes. squirrely It's the isolation. Uh-huh. You know, we can get through anything together, as they would say on Little House in the Prairie, uh, <laughs> but it, it's the isolation is terrifying. And, and that's the thing. And then for performers to be separate, not only from our friends but then our fans it's just like no uh-huh. and i know that people seem very comforted by seeing a celebrity it's like i know you from my childhood and look here you are on facebook and you seem okay and it's everything's yeah. all right mm-hmm. um but absolutely connecting and the internet for all the terrible things that it's been used for it is allowing people to at least connect. We're able to Zoom and Skype and Facebook. And I, I know families who are spread around the country, and they have a weekly family Zoom call where the entire family gets on so they can all check yes. in with each other and make sure everybody's okay. And I think that's fantastic. I think that's the one way that we'll survive this if we all continue to connect and talk to each other.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, okay, let's go into the wig a little bit. Uh, burn uh, it or uh, keep uh, it? it. <laughs>
3: Well, what happened is, you know, Nellie has this hairdo, and of course, again, I know nothing, and I show up <laughs> at work, and they're like, why aren't you in curlers? Why aren't I in what? And I find out Nellie has this elaborate hairdo with curlers, so I wind up, 12 years old, sleeping in curlers. Oh. and coming to work at 4 in the morning to have my hair done. Wow. So this is just horrifying, and my hair is very straight. And, of course, we're shooting out in beautiful Simi Valley, California. It got really hot, really humid. So the curls would just go whoosh. I had very straight hair. It did not work at all. So they would curl my hair, and then they had to keep, like, re-curling it all day, and they had those hot curling irons, and not the modern ones, you know, thermostatically uh-huh. controlled. These were just metal rods. They heated up in, like, a little oven. <laughs> wow. are just like on fire. And so they de- so this is horrible and finally they said we got to get a wig. The show's a hit, we can get a wig now. So several episodes <laughs> in we finally get a wig and they design it and it's gorgeous and it's individually hand-tied hair, Swedish virgin hair matched to my hair color. Incredible. But in order for a wig to stay on for that kind of <laughs> all day, 9 hours for, you know, going down hills in wheelchairs, rolling uh-huh. around all around fist <laughs> fights It has to attach. So there's a giant metal comb in the front of the wig Hmm. that is jammed into my scalp. And then there's, I don't know, 40 hairpins jammed in at various places, in through the wig, through the under thing, the netting, and into my head. It was practically nailed on. So (laughs) it looked great, but... It was excruciatingly painful.
0: Oh, I bet.
3: And I th- I th- it's why I was so mean. I was in physical pain all day. And, I mean, that thing would come off at the end of the day and be like, ah, oh, and rubbing my scalp. It really hurt. It really hurt. I swear there's parts of my head that are still numb from that thing. Oh my um, <laughs> it looked dynamite. I mean, it was like suffer for your art kind of thing. It really looked great. Mm-hmm. But whenever I watch TV now and I see, like, period piece shows, 1700s, 1800s, and they're in the elaborate wigs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I wince in pain and I literally <laughs> feel for these actors. I go, you poor, poor thing. I know how bad that is.
0: Wow. wow, I bet. Yeah. Oh yes, I've I've had to do a couple performances where I've had to wear a wig and um, mm-hmm. I know nothing about putting on wigs, absolutely uh-huh. not. And I had this uh, woman who had put on the wig That's right. and yep. she, yep. I swear to you, she was searching to see if I had a brain because she would right? nap that thing so much into my head. And she goes, is it in there? And I go, well, I mean, it's in the head somewhere. I feel it. It, it was horrible. So well, I feel like you. And when you come in, you want to The
3: hairpin you- goes in the wig, but then they kind of turn it because it uh-huh. has to turn it, And then it has to sort of weave into your hair uh-huh. so that that sucker ain't moving. Uh-huh. And um, and the comb, where, where being in the front there and pulling everything back, I mean, that's why I looked surprised for seven years. It was like a facelift. <laughs> it was yeah, it, terrifying. Um, but, boy, but that stayed on. You saw it, and I was, like, rolling around on the ground and going down hills in wheelchairs. That thing did not move.
0: Oh, it, it didn't move, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But she kept saying, she goes, you need to grow your hair out because it needs to stick to your hair. And I go, I'm a guy. This is a time period where... We didn't, men really didn't grow their hair out, and so I always kept it short. And I go, I'm, I, I know, and she goes, well, I'm just gonna have to put it further in your head. <laughs> I'm like, how are you gonna do that? That's worse. What yeah.
3: you want is at least I had long hair, because when I started, my hair was long enough to curl. But then when they got the wig, I said, oh, great. So I said, no, you have to keep your hair the same length because we're taking two pieces of your hair and combing them into the first two curls and then pulling that back. And that way wow. we can't see the hairline. It totally looks like your hair and it's all blended. They said, and secondly, we fitted this wig to your head with exactly this much hair on your head piled up and pinned."
2: Wow. So if you
3: cut your hair, it won't fit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, wow. So they said, you just have to keep your hair exactly the same. And they said, uh, so the more hair you have bunned up in that netting that we jam the pins into, the less horrible it will be. If your hair is short and we have to start jamming, you're really going to suffer.
0: Yeah. Wow. 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 Wow.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, going through all of that and, you know, probably having that on your head for as long as you did every day you were filming. Yeah. Um, there is a positive to it. I mean, what was your favorite moment working on this show?
3: Oh, my God. I mean, it was so cool because it was crazy. I mean, it was a really good show. I mean, it actually holds up. Like That's why they're still watching it in 140 uh-huh. countries. And it was a great show to be on, great scripts, great people. Uh, Michael Landon, absolutely crazy, one of the funniest people I ever met. Very funny. Real taskmaster. I mean, he's writing, he's producing, he's directing, he's doing everything. The We children. Held to a very high standard, which was cool because we were treated with respect. We weren't talked down to. We were expected uh-huh. to be like an adult in many ways and come yeah. in and know our lines and create a character. Really work. There was no, you know, fooling around. But then there was so much fooling around because you like practical jokes and making people laugh and like really stupid third grade humor. So we had that going, and it was really fun. My favorite episode, I admit, is the one where I go down the hill in the wheelchair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> because. Where do you do that? On what television show does that happen? Who do you know who's like, oh, yeah, and on my series, I pretended to be paralyzed and was pushed down a hill in a wheelchair. When does this happen?
0: Uh Never. Wow. Well, you know what? We've all thought about doing it. Um, And, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, sorry, Mom, but uh, every time my mom comes over here to Disney and we have to push her in the wheelchair, I I really am looking for the tallest heel that I can just tempt to push her down for. (laughs) Um, but we've right? always thought about doing it. We just haven't done it yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I used to have uh, rollerblades when I was in middle school, and <laughs> I would. And the thing is, though, I did rollerblades better than I did roller skates. So, but really, yeah, I, I,
3: I'm very uncoordinated. I'm very dangerous. But the thing that. is, uh-huh, the
1: brakes on the rollerblades. It took me a while to get used to it. And um, where I lived was like sort of halfway on a hill. But I would right. I would wanna go all the way to the top and go all the way down. <sighs> like there's no way I could do that. I could do that with a bike maybe, but not with roller blades. So I totally understand, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, and of course I used to skateboard when I was a kid, and that's why in the episode where I'm in the wheelchair, I have a real broken arm. That's the whole thing, like she uh-huh. falls off a horse, oh she broke her arm, but you know, and then she pretends she can't walk. But the broken arm was real. Because I had been skateboarding the week before and managed to tip over. And it was really dumb. I wasn't even doing anything good. I wasn't even doing a stunt. I just fell over. But I broke my arm.
2: Wow. And
3: uh, they just about had a fit. They were they were not overly thrilled, let's say that. But they said, wait, we can work it. we got a thing. She falls over. Okay, fine. We write in the broken arm. And then we shoot this episode. And by then, she'll be out of the cast. We'll, like, move this episode here and shoot that. And then she'll be out. It'll be fine. But we'll just shoot. Go ahead with the first one because she's in the thing. And that's the and So they did it. Um but of course, when Doc Baker, you know, I'm in the chair. Doc Baker says, "It's okay. You can use your other arm." I'm like, <laughs> "No, I can't." <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. Wow.
3: So it was very bizarre. But I um. We did so many weird things, but it was really—it was a nice group of people. I mean, there's a lot of horror stories from child actors were awful. Some people were on sets to child actors, but we didn't—we did not have that. We, this was a nice group of people. Good,
0: wow. good, very good, very good. Very so,
3: supportive environment. Yes. Thank God. A,
0: so <laughs> let me ask you: Did you know you played a villain in a lot of different roles? Did you find that that was um, that that kind of put you on a stopping point on getting other type of roles that weren't necessarily
3: villains? Yeah. I mean, I love the villains. I just played a villain. I just did this movie where I actually We're back in production. It was it was like working underwater. I mean, we had the masks and the things. I was tested before I left, tested when I got there, tested a few days later. We had uh-huh. our temperature taken several times a day. We had masking and sanitizing and distancing. But we did it. And I played a villain and that's why I was so happy to do it. Um, an evil band manager is very exploitive and terrible and scheming and lying and dreadful and right. liked it very much. Right. Um, so I like the villains, but yeah, when I stopped in the Little House, and we kind of thought, well, this will be great. We'll go on to other things, and all the, all the cast were like, great, okay, that was fun. But it was so ingrained. My agent had just about had a fit. Um, there was a part that I, he said, oh, you were perfect for this, and he called them to submit me and say you should have Alison argerman blah blah blah. She should you know read for producers. She should do this, and they said, oh no no, this film this takes place in modern day.
0: Ah, uh. wow.
3: And my agent was like, do you think she's Pioneer Barbie? She comes with a dress? What
2: are you (laughs) talking about? Um,
3: But it was not only did they think I was really like mean, they they thought I apparently lived in 1876. It was very weird. It was like people understood that TV shows were TV shows, except Little House kind of people thought it was real. Mm, very wow. peculiar. Yes, which a testament to our acting. All of us apparently were brilliant that they believed us, but it did it made it very difficult. It was a lot of typecasting for everyone. It was quite the battle.
0: Uh-huh. Wow. I bet. I bet. Now you also do a lot of tour shows, and uh, my uh, research serves me well that you were actually here in Orlando uh, at Parliament House that you did a show correct yes
3: wow that was so much fun i did parliament house and i was like oh orlando and of course if you play parliament house the deal was they would take you to epcot or to disney world whichever Uh and i said you know i did this i went to disney world when it first opened when i did that movie when i was 10. That Uh was 1972, and um, they took us all to Disney World and VIP tour and everything. Um, But I had not been to Epcot, and so when Mm. I came to Parliament House, I said, "I'll do it if it take me to Epcot." And we did, and it was so much fun. Um, And Parliament House is crazy; it was it was bananas Uh because it's like a motel <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it was like this old funky motel and now they got they kept like the hotel thing and there's the pool and there's this giant stage at the pool where they do rock concerts uh-huh. and then there's this huge building that's like A shopping mall, practically, that Uh has different levels, and there's a teeny little nightclub in the basement where they have, like, drag shows and dancing, (laughs) and then you go upstairs, and there's an entire full theater, Uh like, you could do legitimate stage shows with a curtain and lighting, and that's that's where I was, I was in the fancy theater. And and then there's like a rock concert out by the pool and there's drag queens in the basement and it's all happening simultaneously. And then there's people all, Will, kind of going in and out of the little hotel rooms. And <laughs> then someone had a shop in what would have been one of the rooms and it was like a sex store. They had like t-shirts <laughs> and then like weird sex things. <laughs> and this is all happening simultaneously in this complex. And they had food and they had drink, They, they had everything. You didn't have to go anywhere. And I was like, this is the nuttiest. <laughs> 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 ever seemed. Um... And I stayed there for, like, days. I did several shows, and it was fabulous. I had a great time. It was a great audience, great stuff. And I went to Epcot, and when we went to Epcot, I had just been telling them how, again, you know, in France, they love La Petite Maison, la prairie, and they like Nellie Olsen best, because uh-huh. they, they don't think Nellie Olsen's mean. They, they think she's French. And they, we go to Epcot. Of course, I said, we have to go to the French area. And uh-huh. so we're going to all the areas, went to Italy, and we went to Sweden, and we, got, and we get to, to, to France, and we go to have lunch in the little French cafeteria and they have all these like little French foods. I got recognized. The French people working in the French Epcot ah, area wow. recognized me and went as nuts as they do in France.
0: Wow. Very to nice. the point
3: that when we had our little trays and we're like, Well, we'll have a little pastry and I'll have this and I'll have the wine they said. Oh no, you can't have that wine. That's the regular wine we sell the tourists. Wait here. And went in the back and got the better wine because wow.
0: Wow, you love. We gotta love that. Yes. Oh my gosh, you totally got. So love
3: cool. That. It was. It was. It was quite wonderful. But yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Parliament House. That a That is a nutty, nutty place. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I went to Utah to do a movie, and I said, "What are we doing?" They said, "No, we're doing full Screen Actors Guild union COVID protocol. We have people on set. We're gonna do the whole thing." And so when I flew out, I, there was nobody next to me. There was nobody in the row. And then I got there, and I said, sort "I of tested again," and uh-huh. I said, "Okay, you're negative. We get another test now." And they had. Um, the woman going around with the little um, little gun thermometer pointed. Yes. Your, excuse me, pointed at your forehead all day long. I did it three times a day or so. Uh, lunch, we sat outside. Of course, it's Utah. we were on a lawn, and the the mountains it was beautiful. We had a little box lunches and makeup and hair they looked like they were done up like dental assistants with the mask and everything right and we you had your mask and then of course your makeup and on camera but everyone was tested and no no extraneous people no visitors allowed on the set just the crew just right. the actors only the people who needed to be there that day at that moment and as few people as they could do the big concert sequences, the crowd—they went, "Yeah, that's not happening." I think we're CGIing. Right. Um, yep, yep, yep. But they made it work, and it was weird the first day. Uh-huh. And then you kind of go, "Well, this is working." I didn't like people standing that close to me, and this is great. Nobody—you did Santa. we're all right. washing our hands, and we're all being clean. Nobody's going to get a cold or flu. Maybe we should have been doing this years ago. This is fabulous. Yes. So we we did it. we, we made a movie
0: absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. now really quick before we wrap it up i do want to ask you this one um the protect.org that yes. you created um one thank you so much for coming up with that yes. that is such a
3: oh great i wish i did not create it i did not I, okay i was one of the very first people i think it was like the fourth person they called so I, I am a founding board member indeed and i am Well, president of the board of directors, so Uh there is that. But, (laughs) um, there, no, it actually, they called me, it was like, a tiny, tiny group of people out of North Carolina of, like, all places, uh-huh. like, hey, we're finally putting this thing together we've been talking about doing for years and, like, trying to, you know, child abuse is being fought on all fronts. What if we did this legislative thing and we're looking at doing different things that people haven't tried yet? And I'm like, I'm in! And then that was it. Then, yeah, I kind of became poster girl and then president of the board and all that. But um, it's a bunch of really brilliant people. Really yes. brilliant people and that's why I liked it so much. The stuff they're doing is just off the charts.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Bringing the awareness to something like that is definitely that uh, an important thing, at least for us. Yes, um, yes, You know, we love to educate people, especially about abuse and uh, mm-hmm. going into, uh, we focus it into the LGBTQ community and it's a lot of people don't really understand abuse doesn't have to be physical it can be mental Mm -hmm. and you know and that's something that we love to educate with it so when I saw that I was just like wow what an amazing organization that is that continues to educate, because that's very important for people to understand. So, and, and
3: we're dealing... I mean, the, the, Internet, the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, these specific police that that is their job to find the child pornography, the exploitation, the trafficking.
2: Right. We're
3: making sure they stay in business. We're getting them the technology, the manpower, the funding, whatever they need. And they have broken up more rings and stopped more people. It is working. Yes. Um, and people forget that gay and lesbian kids... When you're talking about sexual abuse, predators look for kids who are vulnerable and yeah. who are less likely to tell. Yes. And a young person who's growing up, who's you know LGBT, they're not going to tell. And right. abusers have said this. I can't tell you how many people have told me that they said their abuser told them, "Well, who's going to believe you? You know, you're the gay kid, hey, right. they're going to listen to anything you say." And that this was used against them. They were absolutely targeted because of their status, and um, they are often they are the kid picked to abuse. So uh, people don't realize what a huge problem that is in that community. So right.
0: absolutely, absolutely, yes.
1: Yeah. So I mean, with everything that is encompassed in your professional and your personal life. Um, How would you like the
3: public to look at your legacy? Wow, there's a big one. Um, (laughs) Man, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Well, I remember my father... (laughs) Said <laughs> when he saw me talking to fans, he laughed and said, "You know, so many fans. They finally they meet their favorite actor or celebrity, and they're disappointed. The guy doesn't want to talk to them. They won't uh-huh. sign an autograph. They're terrible. Or whatever." He said, "You, you do not disappoint."
2: <laughs> <Yes>.
3: <laughs> That's like so. Maybe that'll it. She did not disappoint. Um my fans who have had a chance to talk to me. I like to connect with people in general. Yes. Uh, isolation, as I said, it's bad for you. Get through the pandemic. Don't be isolated. And for entertainers and their fans, that was a big problem with this. We can't go into the theaters. We can't go to the personal appearances. We can't go to the autograph shows. But we have to connect to these people. And they need to connect to us and mm-hmm. each other. Right. And that's why I like all the comic cons and things. This was a great way for communities to connect. And then to the celebrities as well. Right. And I'm trying to keep that going as much as I can via the Internet, connect people. And I've, ta- I've talked to other performers and actors and, and singers, like, and they're going, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, have you tried this? And here's what I'm doing. And call these people and trying to get them in the loop, too, saying, get out there. Because you know this is going to be a long haul. We've been doing this for a while, uh-huh. and you need to connect, and you need yes. to connect yeah. to your to your fans.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and I can kind of relate to the, uh, the the comment that your your father had stated. Because even with doing this show, there's certain celebrities that will come to us and will. They'll ask to be interviewed or we'll want to interview them and we'll say, "Okay, no, we're not going to interview them because I am such a fan of them. I'm afraid that (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to lose that magic that they have if I know them personally. And or they'll turn out to be awful.
3: (laughs) Wait, they're horrible. Oh, no, I really
0: like them. They're just so
3: awful. They're mean. Ah! What do you do?
0: We are such an um, honored fan yeah. to have you on the show and spend this time with you. So we thank you dearly for being on the show. Oh, this thank, has you. Been so, so, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, please be safe. And we look forward to seeing you in person one day. And then, uh, you know, we making We will be like, next
3: year in Jerusalem, people. Would yes.
0: like <laughs> well, thank you again. And you definitely take care of yourself. You stay safe and thank you so much, this was great fun. I totally love her, so much fun. And you know what? I've watched some of her storytelling presentations that she does on Facebook. And I'm just, like, amused.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. You so got to look her up on Facebook. And you've got to look
0: for the different bonnets. <laughs> yes! It's entertaining, you guys. It totally is entertaining. We do want to thank Allison for coming on our show and giving us another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. More episodes are on the way with all new topics. And, of course, all new celebrity guests. Yes! And you also
1: got to go to our official website at chrisandwill.com instagram at chris.ann.will and facebook under the real prince
0: charming and you know we have to thank you guys for joining us and of course keeping us real and keeping us going yes we appreciate you guys of course we do you know we do and you know what remember it's a new year another way to start the new you stay well and stay positive we believe in you trust me you got this take care of yourself and always remember we love you we thank you and remember to love yourself and the world will love you in return but for now you guys we have to go Bye. Bye. Today's episode was a Chris Will production, broadcasted on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast media platforms. Show hosts Christopher L. Ante and William Ante. Show guest Allison Arngram. Chris Will show assistant Ginger Lutz Ross. Chris Will show creative consultant Tony Ross. Show introduction voiceover Tony Ross. Produced by Chris Will, a Cali, New York Company. Copyright Chris Will. All rights reserved. ChrisandWill.com for contact and other event details. Produced January 2021.